Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to hell. This is the Who's Number One podcast, and buckle up because we're not fucking around today. I'm your host, Michael Sears. You haven't seen me in a minute. I was down in Copacabana drinking gin and tonics at the Hilton. I'm back though. <laughs> Here with Hall of Fame filmmaker what Reed a way Connell. to kick this thing off, man. Corey hell Stockton yeah. at the back table. We got a lot to cover today. We got recapping the last event. Amazing event. Lots of good action. Big event coming on April 30th. We're going to be talking about that, breaking down all of that, and also we're going to announce today. Nikki Ryan's opponent. How you doing, Reed? Dude, I'm killing it. Love the energy, Michael. A huge weekend was last weekend. I'm still buzzing. I'm feeling it just like you are. Uh, so having a good time here. Excited to jump back into who's number one. Excited for the future of who's number one. Uh, plenty of stuff going on here. Uh, really, really excited to, to finally get to break down some of this stuff. Talk about it. Let's go. All right, so I guess the big news, uh, we'll get to last month. Uh, Last week's event in a second, but the big news is April 30th, we got a big event coming, headlined by Craig Jones and Tyro Tolo. We already announced uh, Lovato versus Durino. We're going to announce Nikki's opponent later in the show. Uh, it looks like we're going to be selling tickets to that one, and there's going to be fans back in action. Probably Whoa. another Flow Grappling sponsor seminar, just like we did with Mikey. That's a big name, so keep your, your uh, ears out for that. And uh, what do you want to do? You want to jump into the March 26th card? Let's jump into March 26th. I mean, I just we gotta say what's up to Corey back there. Corey, yeah. how you doing, brother? I'm I'm looking forward to talking about uh, all of the insane matches we had March 26th. Um, yeah, this let, was the let's best get one. to it. This was the best one, man. Yeah, there was a lot one. of action, Absolutely. man. That's what we're doing. We're bringing the funnest people on, and they're pushing the pace, right? They're going Dude, for submissions. I'm telling you, man, I have been to uh, a lot of jiu-jitsu competitions, a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments over these years, man, and i got to be top three for, for me was this last uh, who's number one. Just like in terms of fun matches, just fun people, just good vibes, great vibes. You know, for me... There was definitely, last year was, was tough. I know last year was tough for everybody. We didn't have a lot of, of that elite, competitive jiu-jitsu going on, COVID and everything. Um, but man, it felt so great to be out there uh, with everybody out there uh, at, at who's number one and finally seeing this super, super high level um, jiu-jitsu is 100% back here on who's number one. Um, you know, guys like Gordon, seeing them do, go out there and do their thing, it just made me so happy happy it really really did to to finally see you know we've been doing a lot of these big jiu-jitsu competitions but it really felt like this this one that man jiu-jitsu is 100 percent back it was just so great to be sitting next to guys like like orlando and mo is out there and um, you know you have 
Joe Rogan and, yeah. and every you know Joe it Rogan. was it just felt like such an incredible celebration of jiu-jitsu it felt like everybody was so happy to be back to it it's um, the jiu-jitsu Illuminati meeting it was it is the Illuminati meeting you got Michael Zanga from Fanatics Zanga. It's, uh, everybody everybody who's anybody comes in town for this thing and has a great time so the fact that when for this next one we're um selling tickets for this one I mean like the jiu-jitsu world is in this room um, you know, you had John Danaher, you had um, Hulk, you had you, you have everybody. Uh, Guy Mendez is there. You know, like everybody who's anybody in the jiu-jitsu world. At one point in time, they're here in this room at Who's Number One. So the fact that we're going to be selling tickets for this next one is going to be mind blowing. Like, if you have an opportunity yeah. to buy tickets to this event, drop whatever you're doing and and make sure you get to this next who's number one because if any if this last one and the one before that with any indication this stuff is absolutely must see tv for for jiu-jitsu fans 100 percent. so how you want to do it? you want to kick it off quick with the prelims and work our way up or how yeah man let's just go match by match this yeah. is such a fun fun card um you know right out the gate things things jumped uh you know went in, into the fire with with two young guns sean Ta- yadamarco versus andrew tackett Tackett Tack- Tack- really impressed me there if anybody that doesn't know sean yadamarco is legit wins a bunch of stuff in the ibjjf yeah, yeah. Uh, Tackett put it on him, man. Tackett took it to him for 15 minutes straight. Those Tackett brothers just don't get tired, though. It's crazy. It's like either one of them, they just they keep pushing that pace, pushing that pace, and they just wear people out, and then you never even see them breathing heavy. Yeah, Corey and I saw Sean Yanomarco up out there at uh, Dallas Open just that weekend previous. We saw him doing his thing, uh, looking great in the in the Nogi Dallas Open. Uh, I believe he won won his division. And uh, yeah, I mean Andrew's Andrew's a legend here in the in the local Austin, the Central Texas area already. He's out there killing it. So this was just like a perfect match to set these guys up for. Uh, Corey, what about you? You surprised at the outcome of this one? I can't say I'm surprised. Uh, I'm what I'm most surprised about is how dominant Andrew looked, right? Uh, I mean, he, he set the pace, and he didn't give Sean a chance to breathe for 15 straight minutes. He he, he took it to him, and, you know, coming from not just, uh, as we said, not just a brown belt, but a, a purple belt, a Nogi Pan champion. Like, Sean Yadamarco is no joke, and Andrew Tackett just basically ran the match the whole time. I mean, yeah. he, he did what he wanted. All over him. And then, I mean, the next one was Colabate, you know, the kid I, we've been watching since he was so young. He's I, 16 I loved, now. I loved in, in the in the Andrew versus Sean match, like at the end, when Andrew was like calling him up to like, yeah. to like wrestle. Like, he's got a little attitude. He's got yeah. a little more, a little, little more attitude than his older brother. How sick was that? I think these two matches, Cole won by uh, submission. The next one, uh, Tech dominated. They're 16 and 17 years old, these dudes. I think these are two guys that we're going to see come out and make a name for themselves at ADCC next year. I mean, Cole, Cole Bate at 66 is going to be trouble, man. That kid, Gee, no Gee, he's going to be a big problem. 77, Andrew Tacky could be a problem. This is what this is sort of what Who's Number One was founded on, is giving the, the, the young bucks, the up-and-comers, the chance to make their name and build these guys, in, the, build the next generation into stars, and that's what we're doing. Especially wait till you see our final card uh, for April 3rd. I think, I think I said we have six people under 19. Wow. Like, we have a bunch wow. of young people. But those guys were real impressive. What do you think about Cole Abate out there? Yeah, dude. Cole, uh, you know, Cole is, a, is another kind of local uh, Central Texas guy. He's He's been out there killing the scene for for a while. But, of course, kind of always been in, in the uh, in the kids' divisions and the juvenile divisions and stuff. So this was like a real um, he's a man now. fun test to see him kind of like graduate into the, uh, to the yeah, the adult ranks, if you will. Um, and, and even I just saw him, I feel like, you know, not too, too long ago. And just to see him now, I feel like he's already like, filling out he's looking so much more mature looking like an adult and uh, yet yeah, you're totally right though 
Cole at uh, ADCC, uh, 66 kilogram division, because the the, the, the yeah. weight class was 140 that he did who was number one. So that dude is a real dark horse in that ADCC division. I mean, division. Howard was tied at ADCC 2019-16, right? 16, same yeah. age Cole is right now. I think Cole could do the same thing if you dropped him in a 66 bracket right now. I mean, I think, I mean, probably give him another match versus color belt, and after that, you'll be seeing him t- fight the top 145-pounders in the world. Corey, what do you think about the, that Cole Abate match? You know what this match really brought to my attention is how well – some of the the AOJ elites cater their style to rule sets. Um, like if you look at even the, the last Jessa matchup against uh, Daniel Kelly, you know you think of, of AOJ sometimes when we see them at IBJJF and you think, okay, they're going to play this really smooth passing game. They might even put themselves back in the guard to pass again and rack up points, and then they'll look for a finish. And this Cole was finished, finished. Like he was looking for submissions right off the bat. You can say the same about Jessa back in um, in, in our last card in February. Um, they were both hunting for the kill. And it just shows that AOJ isn't just about IBJJF style, right? They cater their style to the game they're playing. Um, so ADCC, exactly. I, I think we'll, we'll definitely see Cole uh, make a name for himself at trials. Like Mikey said all week, jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu, right? Like, I mean, just because Cole competes in the gi no gi, I mean, he's going to be better than most guys who just do no gi. I mean, he's he's a beast. Been doing this, he's been doing this stuff since he was a kid, since he could walk, walk basically. Yeah, yeah. And I think he really took it personal a little bit um, that Ned kind of called out uh, the leg lock game of of Cole. I think I think maybe not even just Cole took that personal. I think I think maybe the, the team might have taken that personal because, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, 10th Planet, of course, they have a very specific style of, of jiu-jitsu known as, as um, you know, lower body attackers and stuff like that. But I think AOJ and Cole wanted to prove that like hey just because you guys are specialists doesn't mean we can't hang with the specialists in their area as well so i don't think it was by accident that cole went out and, and uh ankle locked uh ned there kind of yeah. leg locked him shout out to ned he's probably uh, naturally a little bit uh smaller than cole also probably one best dressed at the promo shoot definitely uh, ned, ned was great man we had a lot of fun working with him uh ho- hope to get him back on the show sometime so let's get on to the main card i mean the first one was tamataza right uh controversial one Johnny Tommy yelled at me backstage, was, wasn't happy about it. I wasn't in the room. Let, let, let's let's kick it around first. It was unanimous. It was unanimous for Taza. How do you feel about this decision, Reed? You were in the room watching it. In the room watching it, of course, not a judge. Um, but, you know, just from my experience, from from, from what, I, what I was watching, I thought the judges got it right. You know, very close match um, for sure. But uh, for me, what, what the difference was in, in the match was the fact that um, – that Taza just never stopped attacking. He he really didn't from from start to finish. I thought he was he was the one pushing the pace the, in the entire time. And really, when it when it comes down to a close match, I think that's what we're looking for, right? Like we're looking for the guy who, who's who's the one pushing the pace, pushing the action, being aggressive, not uh, um, taking any any passive back steps or anything like that. And to me, Taza was the guy who was doing that. So so in my opinion, you know, close match, but I, I thought the judges got it right. How about you, Corey? What do you think about the decision? Yeah, it was probably the closest this match of the night um and and what johnny did right was he was able to successfully pass uh oliver's guard a couple of times i think two or three times um but taza was more aggressive throughout the match he had a couple deep leg lock attempts um from from just pure sight they looked like they were tight enough to pop something uh johnny was saying after the match that he felt fine but just on on the eye test it it looked like uh like taza was attacking more and in, in this instance, I think the judge got it right as well. And, I mean, in our, our rules PDF that goes out to the athletes, it says if you're going to sweep, if you're going to pass guard, you got to do something with it. If you're going to pass guard, you should you got to get after a submission. you got to try and advance. Like, just passing guard is not going to count as much as, as a deep heel hook. We, we send that out to all the athletes. None of them check their email, so they don't know about it. <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that was a controversial one. I, I was backstage. I, I sit backstage and do the interviews, and I was talking with people who were back there watching on the projector, and I probably talked to 10 people near the end of the match because I would pop over, hey, who do you think is winning this? Probably five people said each person. So it was, it was a close one. Could have gone either way. But our judges, I mean, who have done these a lot, and I basically I always agree with them, uh, had it unanimous for Oliver Taza. Up next, the next match was... Fun match, though, you know, and, and I think, you know, those guys, I think, we'll, we'll see each other again. No, oh, absolutely. No, no doubt, yeah. and, uh, and you know, we'll see that one again for sure. Up next was Rafaela. Rafaela mm-hmm. versus uh, Maggie Grandotti. Rafaela continues to impress, man. She's very young in her black belt career. I think Rafaela is going to be dominant in this division for a long time. Yeah, big work rate, I think, coming out of uh, from Rafaela here. You know, she, I think that, that was really the story of this match is that she just kind of outworked Maggie uh, up until she got the submission there. Um, really, really uh, physical grappler. Love watching Rafaela out there. You know, um, it just looked like Maggie never could quite catch up to, to what Rafaela was doing. Um, both these girls really good, and, and surprisingly enough, you know, Maggie kind of has has the um, the edge in in their past meetings, but uh, Rafaela just been storming onto the scene and uh, not taking no prisoners. And, th- and this time, no different. Love her physical style. Love that she gets after it. Love that she wrestles with girls. And uh, yeah, she, she's she's not taking a backward step. And that's what that's what uh, who's number one's all about. I think Rafaela is the perfect athlete uh, for this who's number one um, rule set. Yeah, Rafaela was very adamant in her post-match interview that she wants the top ranking in that division. Uh, there's only two women ranked ahead of her, Gabby and Natchielli. Wow. Wow. So she's right there. She's barking up that, uh, you know, that number one spot. Yeah, and I think at this point, she she's getting to the point where she deserves one of those matches, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, she's uh, we, we said this before the match, but now she's 12-1 and one as a black belt, and she's beaten some of the biggest names already. Uh, I mean, she's beaten Anna Carolina and Liz Clay both on Fight to Win, um, and, and she's looking impressive every time we see her she looks very very physical she's she, she's not just beating the people she's facing right she's she's usually handling them yeah aggressive mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. she goes out there and tries to stomp people which that's what the fans want to see they don't want to see you try and survive and win a decision they want to see you go out there and try and kill somebody at one point she she had like that double um double mouth and nose cover kind of yeah. like over over maggie's face while they while she had her back like she she was ruthless man but that's what that's what it's all about i think half a guy is going to be a big star in this woman division for a long time to come looking forward to some of those uh Exciting matchups with her. She's, and I mean, she's so young. She's only like three months as a black belt. Got it before pans. That's crazy. Got it from, before pans last year. So late, uh, late 2020. On to from that, we had uh, the co-main event of the evening. This was the match I was most impressed with. Was or no, you have a uh, Mikey. You oh, look, almost skip Mikey. Yep, almost skip Mikey. <laughs> we had Mikey Musumeci first no gi match in five years versus Marcelo Cohen at 135 pounds. Uh, it was interesting seeing Mikey come out uh, to compete no gi. Came out to Cotton Eye Joe, did his, his little <laughs> run out there. What did you think about Mikey's uh, pl- uh, performance out there? I was watching it backstage, and everybody was like, what, what's he doing? What's he doing? He was just holding side control, going mount, mount, and then he went to the, the mount. The yeah, very, mount. certainly very interesting performance from Mikey. You know, weren't a lot of question marks definitely about this one. Weren't quite sure what we were going to see with Mikey, what his game was going going to be. Was he just going to go out there and try to ankle lock him in 10 seconds, or, or were we going to see some jiu-jitsu? Um, definitely, you know, throughout the week, uh, this this match kind of like built in in um, intensity and in, in what I was looking forward to. Uh, I feel like as I started to like kind of talk to Marcelo and talk to Mikey, like I, I really loved Marcelo's mentality coming into the match, and I, I really loved hearing from from Mikey what he was going to do and everything like that. So as the week went on, this one this uh, excitement for this match just rose and rose for me. I really really uh, 
uh, dug what, what Marcelo was doing. He was ready for the match. He knew that he had to kind of make it ugly, make it nasty. He, he tried, but uh, but of course, Mikey just just flawless in his technique. Just a, a tactician like no other. Mikey is uh, basically what we said about Cole earlier. Just a few years down the road, Mikey's been doing this his whole life. You know, gi no gi, whatever. No gi world champion. Beat Joao Miao at no gi world. It's legit. Yeah. Like, no, he, uh, and I think he's going to be a big problem in this division. I've been talking with him since then. He's told me he trained heel hooks for nine hours yesterday. He wants to do who's number one every month if he can. <laughs> this division in Nogi, 135, even if he goes up to 145, he's going to be a big problem. I mean, a lot of these like sub-only type of guys, if they sit down and try and play leg locks with Mikey, he might just end up on their back. He might just blow out of a leg lock. But his technique is so good, and it's it, it's Mikey's rejuvenated by this, just like the same reason he started fighting Muhammad Ali and all mm. these big guys. He wanted a new challenge. Now he's fighting Nogi. He seems happy about it. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more uh, Mikey Nogi matches this year. That's exactly what, what he was saying. You know, like he said he was chasing that feeling of not knowing if he was going to win or lose, right? Like that's just like a, a feeling that he, he wants to experience. Stepping on the mat being like, am I going to win? Am I going to lose? I don't know. Because, of course, every time Mikey steps on the mat, he's like almost 100% sure that he's going to win. Um, so I thought that was just an interesting perspective from Mikey. Um, what do you think he was doing, Corey, there? Kind of just like... Um, was he just kind of, um, you know, um, just trying to get Marcelo to kind of open up a little bit? Or, or it's, he kept kept putting his knee on, on his belly and then kind of transitioning into mount and then kind of going backwards? What, what do you think he was yeah, doing? Yeah, his, his, uh, in, in his post-match interview, he was indicating that he was trying to get Marcelo to open up, right? And, and he, he specifically drew the, uh, drew, like, the analogy that in IBJJF, guys who are down on points will turn their back and will, you know, will give themselves up because they're down on points. Um, and in this, you know, Marcelo might have been a little bit more concerned about just keeping tight and not getting submitted. Um, what I was really impressed with, and I, I was actually uh, calling for this before the match, is I, I was really happy that we got to see a lot of Mikey's passing in his top game. I mean, Mikey's really well known for his guard and his Barambolo's collar sleeve game. Um, but his his passing, and especially his half guard passing, is just, I mean, we saw it. It's, it's exceptional. Um, so to, to kind of see that and to show that to you know the grappling world that yeah Mikey can pass too and his pressure is unreal um it's it's really good to, good to see um what he can do from the top you know regardless of of rule set or a gi or no gi yeah he's gonna, he's gonna pass on these guys I mean Mikey's a smart guy he knows what works we saw at the last ADC see what works in no gi when you want to pass force half guard and smash with the cross face and, and, and knee cut out of it so I mean I'm very excited to see more Mikey initiative and you guys want to we were talking about doing this later on you want to throw it in the middle here? It seems like it fits. You want to talk about where Mikey goes at 135 now? Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's do it. It is an interesting debate. Haven't seen Mikey in five years. Suddenly, he injects himself back into the no-gi conversation. Uh, a lot, top 10 is a lot of good guys in there. So, uh, yeah, where, where does he fit? He beat the number 10 guy in Marcelo Cohen. Um, he has wins over a couple of these guys, I believe, um, in, in the top 10. I mean, 10. he beat Joao Nogi, but that was five years ago. But... Uh, <laughs> I mean, looking at this list, I think he beats everybody. But the thing is, he only has one match in five years. Where do we put him? But I, I don't think it'll be long before he takes his division over. Where, where would you, where would you slot Mikey in here right now, Corey? Um, you know, I I like him on the back end of the of the top ten, um, specifically because I, I want to see a lot of these matches before I can I can set him in up higher. Um, I think he's in for sure the top seven or eight. I really want to see matches like uh, John Callistein, Gabe Tuttle, Junior Casio, uh, Lucas Pinheiro. Like there, there's some matches in there that I think um, Mikey might not have a, a cakewalk with, um, and I, I'd like to see those matches before I put him in above, let's say Gabe Tuttle. So I say right at number eight. 
put him in number eight. I'd probably put him six or seven, eight or something. I mean, like I said, I think he's the best, but he's got to get more matches in. How about you, Reed? Yeah, I mean, hard not to put him just – I'm, I'm going to go out there and just say put him in number one, you know? like if for, <laughs> I'm for, fine with it. Right? But, I mean, he just reminds me of, of – I mean, Joao Miao's not doing matches either. So. Right? Yeah, I haven't seen too, too many of these guys. I'd like to see him against, like you said, Juni and, and uh, Calistein, but uh, not too, too many active, super active guys beyond uh, beyond Juni. Um, but for me, like, man, just watching his jiu-jitsu, he just reminds me so much of Gordon in the sense that, like, he just he just does jiu-jitsu that I, I he makes jiu-jitsu look like something I've like never even seen before. He just pushes the the limits of, of what I can even like imagine jiu-jitsu to be, or like how dominant it actually can be. And I think Gordon and and Mikey like might be the kind of uh, two guys kind of um, separated from the pack here because man, their jujitsu just looks so unstoppable. And and definitely watching Mikey, you know, I had some question marks about about what what his match was going to look like at who's number one. But come on, uh, he's number one for yeah, sure. Yeah, Mikey's got uh, it look. It's looking like an Armay event. Mikey's going to fight one of these people in the top five. So that's up to you guys to try and guess who. But we're getting pretty close to it. But Mikey's got, like you said, Mikey's got a special mind for jiu-jitsu, man. Like, I used he to host really a couple does. shows with him. We used to Saturday Match Rewind and stuff. And, like, I taught jiu-jitsu for years. I've been working covering jiu-jitsu for years. And it's like the way he talks about it, I'm like, man, I've never heard anyone approach jujitsu with this type of mindset, like the type of stuff he says. It's really true, man. Like if you can ever get a chance to, to have a conversation with Mikey about jujitsu or about his mindset for jujitsu or how he approaches um, competition especially, it's just mind-blowing. And, and and if you think that you know a lot about jujitsu, or if you think that you study a lot of jujitsu, or you think that you watch a lot of jujitsu, you don't even hold a candle to the amount of jujitsu that Mikey is watching, uh, ingesting studying just on a daily basis like there is he is 100% on the cutting edge constantly knows everything about about the the newest techniques or in, in what works and stuff he, he is always on the cutting edge and it's just an absolute pleasure to listen to him talk about jiu-jitsu because he just has such a unique perspective so if you ever get that chance man ask Mikey some jiu-jitsu questions because it will blow your mind. And he's the nicest guy in the sport. He'll hang out and talk with anybody. But, yeah, he uh, would love it. He'll talk your ear off for, about jiu-jitsu for sure. The next one, the co-main event, Nicky Rod versus Yuri. This was incredibly impressive from Nick Rodriguez. Like, the amount of... We haven't seen much of him since ADCC. He came back out at, like, third coast, maybe at Kasai. We haven't seen him too much. Yeah. Uh, he looked like a completely different athlete compared to back then. His jiu-jitsu, his passing, he was just getting that body lock and just doing it over and over again from what I recall, man. Nicky Rod was super impressive, and I'm sure, you know, scared the shit out of a lot of people in that heavyweight division. <laughs> yeah, what, Corey, you take a stab at this one. What did you, you think of the of Nicky Rod's performance here? Um, yeah, I, well, first of all, I was impressed that we did not see a single takedown in this match. Yuri um, pulled for like five seconds in. And you know what? It, it, seems, it seems like a smart strategy from Yuri, right? I mean, you know that this is, you don't want to make this a wrestling match against Nicky Rod. Whether or not you think you can beat him in a wrestling match, that's not the game you want to play against Nicky Rod, especially if you don't think he's got great jujitsu. But I think Yuri learned a hard lesson here, and we, we all learned a lesson here, and that's, yeah. that's Nicky Rod has some, has some great passing, and he really relied heavily on that body lock, seemed to work for him, and... You know, if we're talking about future ADCC matchups, this body lock could go a long way for Nikki. Um, I, I think that that's that's a, a that's something we saw Gordon do really well 
in all eight matches in 2019, right, was he was using half guard and body lock style and body lock half guard passes to mm. get past everybody's guard. Well, I mean, the scouting report was out there. It was simple on Nicky Rod. He, all he can do is wrestle, right? That's mm. what the entire community thought. That's what I thought, basically. That's what he did at ADCC. So, I mean, for Yuri, he's probably thinking, okay, oh, I just pull guard and turn it into a jiu-jitsu match. I can pull guard here. It's not ADCC. Well, now we see that strategy might not be the best move because that body lock looked painful, man. Dude's putting in the work. You know, that that's the bottom line. He's out there in Puerto Rico. He's out there in Jersey and, and New York training with, the with you know, one of the best teams in, in jiu-jitsu. So you can tell. This, this match proved that Nicky Rod's putting in the work, you know. And, um, yeah, I think everybody's surprised. Everybody expected to see a lot of big, big takedowns, a lot of big throws, you know. And then to see... Yuri come out and just immediately pull guard. I was a little like, ah, man. Yeah, of course, you know, you wanted to see Nikki and them in them wrestle. There's a lot of great kind of like lead up where they're talking about having a wrestling match and stuff like that, you know. And I was a little nervous that, you know, 15 minutes is a long time. You don't necessarily want to dive into somebody's guard when, you know, when there's 14 minutes and 30 seconds left, you know. But Nikki did he did that he didn't didn't stall one bit said okay you want to pull guard well i'm here to pass guard and uh, i think like 90 seconds into the match he passed Yuri's guard like i I was sitting there real quick with my camera i had my mouth open i was like we're 90 seconds into this match and he's already passed yuri's guard i mean i I can't remember the last time yuri had had his guard pass he's known for having such a great guard and so the fact that nikki went out there immediately and and passed his guard he set the tone for the entire match had yuri on his back foot the entire match uh never let up it's exactly what we're looking for who's number one uh hats off to to uh nicky rod for not only winning but but showing that uh, that he has another fold he's been putting in the work and uh, this is gonna be good we're talking about athletes we're talking about athletes in jiu-jitsu nicky rod's an athlete man what's up connor or Corey. Hey, yeah. Uh, one one thing I wanted to point out uh, on this match, and actually on the whole card, we had three matches on this card where there was a disparity in belt rank. Um, so right, the, right. The, the two prelims and this match. Um, in all three matches, the lower rank beat the higher rank. So wow. yeah, in in both prelims, uh, blue belt Cole beat purple belt uh, Ned Johnson. Uh, purple belt Andrew Tackett beat brown belt Sean Marco, and here purple belt uh, Nikki Rod beat black belt Iris Moyes. Wow. Yeah, really. When it That's comes crazy. to Nogi, let's shut up about the belts, people. When I, if, you know, <laughs> he, he hit somebody up and they say, oh, I don't want to fight him. He's not a black belt. It's like, dude, well, he's a bigger name than you. So you want to go out there and, and get your name made or you want to just fight black belts? But uh, Nicky Rod, uh, look at his, his hit list so far in his career. Who's he beat? He beat Big O, ADCC champion. He beat Ali. He beat Cyborg, ADCC champion. Who else did he ADCC beat? ADCC absolute champion. ADCC absolute champion. He beat Yuri, two-time ADCC champion. Nicky Rod's got a hell of a hit list. Luke, guys be, be like Luke Rockhold, yeah. U- UFC champion. Um. Incredible. So the main event, all right, let's set the stage a little bit. Wednesday night, I'm at home in bed, like 1 a.m. <laughs> I get a text from Gordon asking me if I have an envelope and a Sharpie. Wow. And I was like, like, now? You need an envelope and a Sharpie now in the middle of the night? And he's like, oh, no, you can give it to me anytime. So when he's at our office the next day, he grabs one. I still didn't know what the hell he's up to. Reed, you were in the room. Explain how it went down. Man, he just got, you know, he's came up with the idea, right? He's been doing it a lot of these ones where he, where he calls his submission um, before it happens. Uh, sort of Gordon's MO now and uh, you know this this one no different. So he took took a note card, wrote down the submission that he was going to hit. You know, this is a couple days before the actual event. Uh, sealed it with an envelope so nobody could see it, you know, and uh, and yeah, kept kept it on him, handed it out to Hal when he walked onto the mat in one of the most badass, like, just gangster moves in uh, in Who's Number One history. Walks out there, sets the, sets the um, envelope down on Hal's desk, um, 
and and the rest is history. I mean, you guys saw what happened. It was just it's it's mind blowing. It, it really, really is. It really seems like he's just left everybody behind to that level where if he has thirty minutes to work, he can he's going to get a triangle within thirty minutes. That's exactly right. And can you? I was thinking about this before the podcast. Can you think of any other grappler in jujitsu who can take a number one ranked uh, number one ranked opponent and and pull out you know call their shot. And, and pull it off. I, I I don't know if I can name anybody who could do this. Yeah, everybody's over exaggerating the size difference. There's a 15 pound size difference in here. People people keep inflating it, but it's like Gordon now. Who's going to beat this guy? He's tapped seven of the pound for pound top ten. Wow. Ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, like I was saying before, just like I, you, you don't realize that jujitsu can can do this type of can. You know, everybody always says right. There's levels to jujitsu, which is so true, but. To think that there's even a level beyond the top level that we all thought was was the top level, um, that's where Gordon is, is getting to. You know, he's just separating himself from the pack so much, and um, it's it's absolutely mesmerizing to watch. It really is to watch him get the legs and pass up the leg submissions. To see him get the back and pass up the uh, the rear naked choke submissions, you know, and and go for for a completely different submission. I mean, it, it's like he's playing chess and everybody else playing checkers. That that's really what it feels like. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think what really separates Gordon. Yeah, he's in, he's big, strong, great shape. He's got probably the best technique in the game. But what really makes him so dominant is is his mental game. Mm. Mentally, he's just automatic. He's He's like a robot when he goes out there. He do, he doesn't feel pressure. Like you see, so many guys. We're in the room, training room with these top guys in the world all the time, and there's so many of them who look unbeatable in the room against other elite guys, and they're not the same person when they go compete. It's like Gordon gets better when he goes out there and compete. There's something in his mind that he's just built for competition, man. He's just perfect for it. So true, so true. Um, you know, he just has this this unwavering confidence in his jiu-jitsu you know i think that's i think that he was a little bit just kind of born with it uh but of course he has the experience where, where it, it pays off but that's such an underrated point about gordon ryan is that he's just unshakable when it comes to competition i've always thought the same thing about um conor mcgregor that that's probably what makes him great is that he's able to perform when the the lights are the brightest you know when it's when there's fifty thousand people or there's millions of people watching at home conor mcgregor can perform uh, better than anybody in those moments, whereas you know a lot of his competition can crumble during those moments. And I think that's a little bit what we're seeing with Gordon, that he's just able to kind of um, shake off any nerves or, or anxiety that he, that he may have. I'm sure he maybe still feels it, but, but it does not affect him. And, um, yeah, I think people should be studying the, the, that mental part of his game is, uh, for sure as well because that is a, an underrated part of, of Gordon's game. And, and we haven't quite seen that same type of... of, um, of um, you know, just kind of like maniac uh, competition skills in Nikki yet, you know, um, but uh, who who knows? Maybe it's there with Nikki as well, too. Yeah, I mean, he's he's so far ahead of everybody, and it seems like it's just getting worse. Like, he's he, he's, he was so far ahead of everybody at ADCC 2019, and he's improved so much more than everyone since then, and it's just getting worse and worse. It's like he was saying, I can't even use my, like, new technique stuff that I'm working on yeah. because I'm still doing all the stuff that I did back in 2017 to submit everybody. Like, I mean, that's just that's mind-blowing. <laughs> all right, Corey, you got anything before we move on to the next event? Uh, no, let, let's, let's get moving. I, I can't wait to uh... – we have a big announcement coming on. Coming yeah, we might as well wanna... do that now, huh? Let's do it. Let's kick off this this event, talking about this event. So we got Nikki Ryan here is going to be fighting in our third match of the night. We'll talk about the two matches we announced ahead of this before. But the opponent coming up 
Is this going to be a 175 pound match? This guy's a veteran of who's number one, a very tough opponent. Reed, who's Nikki Ryan fighting? Man, one of my favorites out of 10th Planet, uh, PJ Barch, going to be taking on Nikki Ryan. Uh, this is a really fun match. Both these guys came up short in their last um, who's number ones, or I guess that's not true for Nikki. Um, but he does, Nikki has the has the loss um, against Ty Rotolo. He's looking to bounce back. I don't, I guess I don't. Really count the uh, Tony Ramos one, but I'll, I'll count it. Got a submission victory over Tony Ramos. <laughs> he does, uh, but uh, you know, a big match for for Nikki right here. I think uh, PJ Barch looked phenomenal um, in in his last out. He, he he's uh, recovering from injury, but he's back. He had a great run at ADCC Trials when he was. Um, so he's on his on the road back. Nikki on the road back. This is a perfect match for both these guys. I think. Yeah, PJ lost to Wiltsy a decision at uh, who's number one in February. He wanted to give him one at his more natural weight class. He bumped up. Uh, He's a lot heavier than him. And PJ's a tough opponent, man. Great wrestler, great leg locks. He, he's, uh, Corey, can you run? He's got some big names he's beat before. But, I mean, this is the one. Nikki Ryan's getting into that uh, hole that a lot of the DDS guys are in where people people don't want they don't want the smoke, man. They don't want to go with somebody who's going to try and submit them the entire time. Seven people turned this match down. Five ranked guys wow. turned this match down before we got to BJ. And PJ, you know, he doesn't give a fuck. He just said, "Yeah, I'll do it." But uh, PJ gets it, man. Yeah. A win over Nikki Ryan. Psh, suddenly, P- suddenly PJ's yeah. fighting in main events every, and co-main events. Everyone and- out there is thinking about the negative side. I mean, Nikki Ryan's a big star, man. Talk about his credentials or whatever, his accolades, but. Look dude, at dude's in, got a bunch of fans. Look at Ty. Ty beats Nikki. Now Ty's fighting in the main event of who's number one uh, against Craig. You know, these are these are big opportunities. You got to risk something to get that reward, right, like they always say. Um, so love that, that PJ's stepping up. He's a guy who doesn't care. You know, he's got a big win over, you know, no stranger to fighting these kind of young project prodigies. I remember one of his biggest wins being over William Tackett um, a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, this he, he's ready for, for all comers. You got to love PJ Barnes. Yeah. Go ahead, Corey. He's actually got a couple wins over over Will Tackett. Now it, we're talking about a younger William Tackett, but but still it, it, in the in the same boat, right? Um, he's got a couple wins over Jason Rao. Um, yeah, there's there's a couple of really big names in here. Uh, Victor Silverio. Um, even uh, I think I saw Shaolin on this list. Yeah. Um, one that I didn't realize is he had a match uh, back in 2016 against a, a much younger Gordon Ryan. Really? Yeah, hmm. uh, it, not a win. He, he lost to him at uh, Sapatero. Oh, Sapatero. Yeah, I mean, Nikki, the word out of Puerto Rico is this kid's evolution is going crazy. Like, think about it. He's only 19 years old. I mean, he, he's younger than Gordon was when he won ADCC the first time, right? I think a couple years younger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gordon was 21, yeah. I Gordon think was 21. Yeah. Nikki's still two years younger. He's been competing professionally all this time. And I hear he's getting really as good as anybody down there. So, I mean, Nikki Ryan could end up taking over this 170-pound division, 77 kilograms at, at ADCC. Like, just like I talked about, I mean – we could be seeing guys like Cole, Mikey, whatever, do some damage. I could see Nikki do some serious damage at 77 at ADCC. And I'm really excited to see him go out there and compete. I mean, think about 19, what, he'd be a freshman in college. He'd be redshirting if he was wrestling. So it's like he's he's just at the beginning. Yeah, but, you know, Nikki's such a young guy out there. He's so much more to prove, I think. Um, we, I don't think we've even seen the cl- close to the best Nikki um, out there. Um, you know, we saw him a great performance at the ADCC West Coast Trials. That's maybe when I was I was so impressed with, with what he was able to do uh, at the West Coast Trials there. Now definitely um, a little bigger. This is um, a guy in P.J. Barch who, who is a, a 
little bit bigger. You can see he's a, a muscular guy. He's a wrestler. He's going to put the pace on Nikki. He's going to try to do the same thing that, that Ty Rotolo did, I think. He's going to put the pace on him, pass, try to make him tired, you know, stay away from those leg entanglements and, and threaten those upper body submissions. Um, but, you know, PJ might be one of the best leg lockers that, that um, Nikki has faced in a while, too. So um, great match for Nikki. I think this is a, um, a tough one, but I think it could, could really kind of showcase what, what he's been working on down there in Puerto Rico and a huge opportunity for PJ Barks to, to make a big name for himself. Uh, I think that's exactly why he, he took the fight. He knows how big this who's number one stage really is. And uh, a win over Nikki Ryan catapults this dude. So uh, a lot on the line for this one. Really excited smart, about smart it. Smart move by PJ. I wish more people had that attitude. We still have like five more fights to announce on this wow. one. There's, there's only three announced. There's been eight. Uh, there's going to be eight total. So what do you want to get to next? The co-main event or the main event yeah, for April? Let's do co-main real quick. Co-main is maybe my favorite one. Exactly, man. We're talking about you got we got five more huge matches to to announce uh, for this next April 30th. Who's number one card? We've already announced um, the two. Just this last one is, is the third. And already this card is looking killer. One of my favorite matches on this entire card, though, has got to be. Rafael Lovato Jr. versus Durinho, Gilbert Burns, the the number one contender for the welterweight title. He just fought Kamaru Usman. We were rooting for you. Uh, Durinho almost had that knockout in the first round. I know I was, I was celebrating a little bit early for Durinho. Uh, this close to being UFC champion, but don't worry. We know he's going to get back there uh, to the UFC title very, very soon. And uh, and then on the other side, of course, you have the Bell- the former Bellator middleweight champion, Rafael Lovato Jr. He had to step away from, from Bellator back in grappling. Step away from, from MMA. He's back in grappling. We have this Bellator versus UFC number one. One contender versus the former champion, dude. This one uh, gets me so so excited. Yeah, two old school guys. This is—I don't know what the hell to expect from this. When was the, when's the last time we saw Lovato in Nogi? I think he fought Cyborg at that Substars. Did he do one recently? He just he well he did um, uh, Nogi Dallas Open there. He did oh, the Dallas right, Open yeah. in Nogi. At, yeah. at adult. Yeah. How did um, he do that? Was yeah, it? that was at, as at adult. adult. Okay, yeah. He scored two armbar wins. Yeah, um, yeah. So he, at adult, got got the uh, two armbars and. Um, yeah, yeah, he said that he wasn't too keen on on going for the helix and stuff, but he was he was saying that he might try it out. Um, of course, Lovato kind of he know he knows everything, he knows it all, so helix didn't scare him. Um, but yeah, I love that Lovato's kind of back in the mix here. Um, you know, he looked he looked skinny, he looked in really really good shape uh, when I saw him in Dallas. I don't know if you saw him there there, Corey as well. So I think you know, although Durinho one seventy uh, or welterweight and. Uh, and Lovato, a uh, middleweight, I think they'll they'll probably be pretty close to, to in in size, much closer than, than you probably think. Yeah, I mean, when when Jorinho was going to fight Dante, it was like he was that match was going to be at like one ninety five or something. It was, wow. it was it was pretty heavy. Dante doesn't weigh that much, so they were doing no. that probably for Gilbert. So I, I I think maybe it'll be like ten pounds difference at the most. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, this one's a crazy one. I don't know what the hell to think about who's going to win it. I think obviously Rafael has been way more active in jujitsu competition lately. Obviously Gilbert's been killing it in MMA. But I don't know, man. I, I, this is this is one of the tougher ones to pick ever, cause just because we haven't seen so much of these guys in, in a while. I mean, Gilbert's Gi World Champion, no Gi World Champion, ADCC bronze medalist, I believe. Oh, I'll I mean, wait. I'll wait until we get close to the event. I don't want to pick this one yet. I mean, what a G though, uh, Gilbert is. You know, he's fresh off his um, his uh, UFC title fight, you know, and that's and he honestly Gilbert's been like this his entire UFC career. He's doing no gi fights. He'll he'll jump in an Orlando Open or something like that. He'll do a gi match. 
Um, and then he'll do an MMA fight. This dude just loves to compete, and that's one of our favorite types of persons here who, who's in one. A uh, guy who's just ready to throw down really no matter who, who it is against, who, whether it's uh, Lovato or Dante or, or whoever it is. Uh, Dorino down for it. So love that this dude is just always out there testing himself, whether it's UFC title fight or, or, or whatever. And uh, very happy to have him on this on this stage. Yeah, Gilbert's always down. He was going to fight Dante yeah. when he was supposed to have a title fight like a month later. And the UFC, <laughs> UFC had to tell him no, I believe. Corey, how do you think the action goes down in this one? I'm sort of leaning towards. I think they'll wrestle each other. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm actually really um, uh, confused exactly what we're going to see because we're looking at two of the the best contemporary representatives of MMA uh, of of jujitsu in MMA right now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We, I mean, we we just said it, but uh, Lovato was a Bellator champion. Um, Dorino, uh, just just recently a UFC contender. Um, we have seen a lot more of, of Lovato, and even when he's when he's doing jujitsu, he's more than willing to wrestle until his opponent pulls guard, um, or in, until he gets on top. Um, we know what to expect from a jujitsu, right? It's simple and it's it's very very close to, very close to perfect. It's timeless jujitsu. Um, but I think that that's something that a lot of uh, jujitsu players who adopt their jiu-jitsu for an MMA style, they benefit from that, right? They benefit from a very simple dial-down jiu-jitsu because they know what works when you're getting punched in the face. Um, so we might see maybe a little bit of a similar game, but that, I don't think that takes anything away from the action. I think, sure, maybe we'll see more wrestling, but just a lot more of a, a yeah, patience on the word for it, a fundamentally charged game, which tends to actually bring up the action in jiu-jitsu because there's not a whole lot of um, open-ended scrambles that end up in just uh, you know, stalemates and falling falling away from each other. It's everything's falling into the action. Yeah, just like we talked about with Mikey, uh, Lovato's key passing, the way he passes in the key translates perfectly to Nogi. It's the best style of, of passing, forcing half guards, smashing people, and, and working their way through. So, I mean, Lovato comes from that that style too. Yeah. Same with, with Mikey and some of these other guys who, who grew up. Gi Nogi doesn't matter to Lovato to, and Dorino. Gi Nogi doesn't matter at all to those dudes. I Lovato, think Lovato's ADCC medalist as well. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think? It's going to be KO, TKO? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Hopefully oh, not just, a KO. Something weird happens. It's just a grappling match. Uh, but. Uh, all right, let's go on to the main event. The main event's a, a really interesting one. I think this really caught people by surprise when we did this this face-off on the stream. Everybody's wondering why we matched up Craig Jones and Ty Rotillo. They're different weight classes. I'll tell you why. Ty has been requesting this for a while. Like, Ty's probably asked me 10 times if he can get this match. He's really confident how he can do here. Ty's getting bigger. He's, these guys are going to be in the same weight class at ADCC because Cade's going 77 with, with Ty, Ty 88. Ty's really confident, man. He, he's... I mean, he's a big dude. He's got a big frame. I mean, what, it'll probably be like 180 going to this. will be a little a little bit smaller. But, yeah, Ty's not scared of Craig. And at the end of the day, everybody, like some people were criticizing, oh, put the top-ranked people against each other in their weight class. No, this is entertainment. It's entertainment, baby. We want the most exciting fighters out there. These guys, this is guaranteed entertainment. Ty, Craig Jones and Ty Ruotolo, they're going to get after each other. They're both always going after each other, after everyone. But that's where it's going to might be problems for Ty because – Craig seems to be best when people actually want to do jujitsu. The yeah, way I mean, to beat Craig is simple, right? Just disengage for the, the, 
the entirety of the match and hope you win a decision or win on points or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Ty's going to come after him. Ty's not going to do that. That's for that's for darn sure. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, Ty been asking f- for this one. You guys who are, who 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 are maybe counting Ty out or, or don't think Ty's ready for this test, well, don't tell Ty Rotolo that because this dude is is coming. Um, I did a great interview with him um, sitting down. We got some really fun content and uh, some more videos coming your way. So be on the lookout for that. But uh, sitting down with Ty, this dude, um, it was the picture of, of confidence. You know, he, he really did not see why everybody else was was so confused or anything like that. No, Ty said, this is a great match for me, actually. And I'm coming in there and I'm not going to take a backward step. Um, we have seen Craig get tired in matches before, you know, and, and Ty's and Ty's thing is is that he has a gas tank for days. You saw him wear down Nicky Ryan. I think he's going to try to do the same thing to Craig here. He, he's trying to pull the upset. He's trying to he's trying to wow everybody. And who's number one is the stage to do it. Yeah, this is going to be a wild match. I can't uh, wait for that. Shit, it looks man. like the Gabby Garcia match has been postponed. Thank God, because if Craig happened to lose that thing, he said he was going to retire. We need him for the main <laughs> event here. Corey, how do you think uh, Ty matches up with Craig here? You know, I, I think uh, looking at just looking quickly at Craig's. Uh, past couple of matches, like his his uh, basically all of his 2020, he's got a ton of submission, uh, ton of submission victories. No surprise, really. We, we we even got a little clip here, I think, of of some of of um, Craig's last last match there with Ronaldo. Um, the the one thing that I, that I think actually could work in in Ty's favor here is that I mean Michael mentioned that the the best way to beat uh, Craig is to disengage with him. The thing that Ty does very well is like that leg pinning passing, and it's then incredible against Nikki, right? Mm-hmm. And then leaping past the guard, right? So, yeah. so he can he finds a way to stay out of the leg entanglements while also not putting himself in danger and not stalemating, right? Or not not just staying away. Like he's he's actively passing while at a distance. He does this thing that I've never seen anyone else do, where he th- almost throws the darts as a flying submission right. sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. he's just like passing and just he's got those long arms, throws the darts on. Uh, me and him were measuring our arms against each other the other day. It was ridiculous how, how long his wingspan is. Wow. But, uh, yeah, that, that leg pinning, I wish we had some video of that to watch right now. We should pull that up one of these other weeks. But that leg pin passing that he was doing against Nicky, was, that was smooth, man. He was giving Nicky a lot of trouble with that. Obviously, Craig's guard is, I mean, has, has anybody passed Craig's guard recently? I mean, you know, earlier in his career it happened. Not even, I can't think of anybody's passed his guard. I mean, Kynan took his back there, but didn't really pass his guard. But, Nobody jumps out, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously Ronaldo. This is uh, Ty's teammate here that, that we're watching a little bit, couple of highlights of. Um, and, you know, obviously Ronaldo wasn't able to get it done um, from the Atos team. And, and now Ty's going to take a shot. But I think I think there's a lot to learn. I think those guys learned a lot from um, how Ronaldo um, got submitted there and, and, and what not to do and things. And, and I think I think Craig made a good point in our – in, in the interview I did with Craig, that he didn't think that that was the best Ronaldo um, he'd ever seen. He thought maybe the moment kind of got to him a little bit. Um, you know, his big moment when you have all the lights on you, when you have all the, the people um, messaging you on social media saying, go get him, you know, kill this dude and stuff like that. A lot, lot on the line. I think that can get to some people. Maybe it might have gotten to Ronaldo. I don't think it will get to Ty. He's been in the spotlight since he was literally one years old. Um, so so he's been in, in big situations like this. I think I think he'll be ready to, to take on a guy like Craig. Yeah, I mean, this is two of the most exciting athletes in the game. 100%. And it, I mean, 
both of them with the right attitude. They want to get after everybody. They want to fight the, the biggest names. Ty's doing the right thing, going out and fighting this guy. I mean, they want to prove they're the best. It's a, That's it's what we're here to just do. Just like Roberto Gordon, it's a win-win for him. If he, if, he, if he loses, he's smaller than him. They want to prove they're the best. That's what you should be doing. All these guys out there thinking of their reputation. Like, dude, this isn't boxing where if you lose, you got to go fight your way back up the ladder and, and get your way, get your way, yeah, lose millions of dollars, get your way to a title shot. If you go out there and you lose and you're exciting, you're gonna be right back out there in the spotlight another time. And we need exciting fighters to gr- to grow this sport. We don't need people who are trying to protect their reputation, trying to win by a ref's decision or an advantage. I cannot wait for this one. Uh, Corey, you got anything else to add on this match before we get out of here? Uh, no, just that I've, I've seen actually, I've been, I've been watching a lot of the uh, Optus players using that, that leg pinning pass, and it, it's something that I, I think more and more people are doing. I've seen it a lot more in actually in the GI and IBJJF formats, um, but some, definitely something to keep an eye on, especially if. Uh, it, if it ends up working in Ty's favor in this match, I think we could we could be seeing a lot more of this as a solution to that major problem. Did, did you guys watch a lot of um, Rotolo like highlights and stuff like uh, when they're orange and in, in, in uh, green on belts? And shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you remember seeing like the little like viral highlights and stuff like that of those guys. You watch any of that, Corey? Uh, you, yeah, some of, some of their actually technique videos they shot as green belts are still <laughs> kind of mind blowing. I think people still have this this image of them as little kids, you know, because it wasn't really that long ago. Ty's a grown ass man. Dude. Dude, Dude, man, you stand next to these dudes. These guys are grown men. He's not going to be that much smaller than than uh, than Craig, man. These guys have matured a lot, and they're filling out, coming into their own. Yeah, these are these are uh, um, adults who are looking to to uh, prove they're the best, man, and, and nothing better than that. It's kind of funny because after all that Atos DDS drama. A couple months at February event, we have just like the two nicest guys in the sport <laughs> representing those teams. I don't think there's yeah. gonna be any trash talk between these two. But uh, all right, I think we're good, right, guys? Yeah, make man. sure you pay attention. We're gonna be announcing three more main card matches this week. We got six main card matches this event. Then we're gonna announce both the prelims. I think on Sunday, uh, a lot of good stuff coming. Like we said, there's gonna be fans. There's gonna be a crowd in April. Events coming in May, June, July. We're just gonna keep these things coming. We got a lot of exciting matches planned, and I'll see you guys next week. Bro, 48 minutes.